Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Personnel and Public Employee Committee meeting. The meeting is now called to order. Will the clerk please establish a quorum? Thank you, Chair. Councilmember Lalowy? Here. Councilmember Maple? Here. Vice Chair Valenzuela? Uh, my, my apologies. Councilmember Valenzuela? Here. And Chair Kaplan? Here we have a quorum. So for members in the public and chambers, if you wish to speak on an agenda item um, and are not an applicant, please fill out a speaker slip, which can be found at the back of the room and deliver it up here to the clerk. And when you are called, everyone, you have two minutes to speak when you are called upon. Now, moving forward with today's agenda item, Vice Chair Maple, can you do our land acknowledgement and pledge, please? My pleasure. Uh, please stand if you are able. Please rise for the opening acknowledgments in honor of Sacramento's indigenous people and tribal lands. To the original people of this land, the Nisanan people, the Southern Maidu, the Valley and Plains Miwok, Potuan Wintum peoples, and the people of the Wilton Rancheria, Sacramento's only federally recognized tribe. May we acknowledge and honor the native people who came before us and still walk beside us today on these ancestral lands by choosing to gather today in, in the active practice of acknowledgement and appreciation for Sacramento's indigenous people's history, contributions, and lives. Thank you. Now, salute, pledge. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Good afternoon, everyone. My apologies for starting at 2.30. We rolled a little late for Law and Ledge commi uh, Committee, and that is something that both uh, myself and Councilmember Valenzuela are a part of, and we just needed a couple minutes to get some food in us. Um, so we're now on to our first order of business, which is approval of the consent calendar. Do we have any public speakers on the consent calendar? Thank you, Chair. I have no speakers on this item. All right. Do I have a motion? I move consent. Motion by Maple. Second by Lalowy. All in favor, aye. Aye. All right. Now moving on to um, item number two, which is our Sacramento Ethics Commission 2022 annual report and recommendations. And I want to apologize, and this is why I also made it first, because they got bumped from our last meeting. So Chair of the Sacramento Ethics Commission, Susan Underwood, is here. And come on up. Thank you, and thank you for putting me first on the agenda this time. Um, good afternoon, council members. I am Susan Underwood, currently the chair of the Sacramento Ethics Commission. I have been a commissioner since its inception six years ago, and I am very proud of the work we have done in that time. This annual report describes what we have accomplished in the past year. It also contains, as a two-page attachment, four recommendations we have included in each of our reports to the City Council, which have never, to our knowledge, been discussed by the Council. The four recommendations were developed after talking to ethics commissions that had already been around for a while, including San Francisco, Los Angeles, San Diego, and others. We are asking for four things subpoena power to compel testimony and the production of documents related to a complaint, an administrative hearing officer to conduct hearings 
when warranted, an independent budget and staff, and the power to guide activities related to ongoing education, training, and compliance with ethics laws. Of these, it is my personal opinion that subpoena power is the most important, but all of them would be valuable to us in performing our duties. So we ask that you pass a motion forwarding the annual report and recommendations to the full City Council for review, and that you specifically request that the four recommendations be put on a City Council agenda for discussion. That's all I have, unless there are any questions. I'd like to open it up to questions. Council Member Valenzuela. Thank you, and yes, thank you for, I have my notes from last time all ready to go. <laughs> and I was going to say the same thing then. Um, thank you for this work. It's not glamorous work. It's uh, sometimes very tedious work. We were just recounting before the meeting about redistricting, and it's a little blur that was, but I mean, it was all new process, all virtual during COVID, and you all were an integral part of that. So I just want to thank you for six years of service, volunteer service on such an important body. And I do agree that it would be interesting to get the council's input on, on these items. Um, I think that this and, and the city attorney and other staff's input on these items so that we can consider whether or not we want to move them forward as a body. So, so I'm happy to make that motion for this to forward to council as a discussion item so that we can, and I mean this is included in that, so that we can actually discuss with the full body if we want to agendize taking that action. Um, and I especially want to thank the education, training, and policy I mean, the rules are constantly changing, and like we do our best to follow like the FPPC bulletins and like different things to say, okay, what changed, what didn't change, and then new laws get passed around campaign finance, and we're like, okay, how do we do this? So I think that would just be really amazing to have you all play a more active role in making sure that all the all the electives and offices were fully up to speed and ready to act in the best interest of the people. So uh, thank you, Councilwoman. Um, on this item, I want to make sure it's very clear. I want to put forward the annual report, but I think there. Are 2018 recommendations should be completely separate and removed out of the report because generally reports go to council an annual work plan approved on consent for the most part and so I don't want a mistake to happen where we just approve it uh, as a consent item without actually discussing because they are looking for independence and staffing um, subpoena power, hearing officer, education training and policy, and this did go to the council in 2019, but no action was taken on any of these recommendations from 2018. So I'm I'm open to having whenever that potentially fits as a, a discussion item. I can tell you um, I am uh, very supportive of where city staff is. I don't think this is a time you know, necessarily that uh, we should look at independence and in, in staffing in light of all of our budget constraints. But, you know, um, I think it's where we could get direction by by others uh, I'm open with, but I, I, I want to make sure it's very clear when it goes to council that these, okay. these recommendations are not part of the annual report. Okay, well then I guess... Um a different way to proceed would be uh, for me to submit that as a council member proposal yes. um, for consideration yes. by the body. And it would still come back to this committee mm -hmm. um, appropriately so that we can consider this as an action item to potentially move to the council. So um, that'll be my commitment to you and I'll follow up um, with you and other stakeholders that I'm sure will be interested in this so that we can work that out together. And okay. I think that's a perfect compromise. So um, I'm happy to, to second the motion moving the annual report um, forward to City Council. Um, and then I look forward to um, 
Also, like the one of the things the commission said it was looking on was expanding community engagement and outreach, you know, more details on that. So I look forward to hearing back from the discussion you have on the commission, what exactly does that look like and the details engaged in that. And then I know Councilmember Valenzuela is good on her word. So I'm, she'll put in that I'm proposal sure, I'm sure for you're the other discussion. Familiar with our very bureaucratic process, so I will follow up with you on email so that we can make sure the information you want included is included. Uh, all all members okay with that? All right, so we're good moving that forward. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for very, coming. Thank you very much. So discussion item three is our annual, our annual, well, it is annual, but our Animal Care Services Citizens Advisory Committee annual report. Now say that fast five times. Um, and we have um, our Animal Care Services Manager, Philip Zimmerman here, as well as his chair. So I turn over the annual report uh, out to you. Good afternoon, uh, Chair and uh, Council Members. Yes, so um, the Animal Care Citizens Advisory Committee has actually been uh, holding um, um, meetings uh, with the City Clerk's Office, uh, which was something new for this particular committee before they used to meet um, in a very informal way um, uh, at the animal shelter. Um, and so, uh, again, we kind of worked through some things, again, with the, a lot of assistance from the City Clerk's Office. So um, we've made a lot of um, headway and worked with the uh, committee. I had some changes in, in some of the positions. Um, and so they really put a great work product together. And I'm excited that some of the things have actually already been put in place. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to our chair and let her explain all the good work they've been doing. Welcome. Welcome, Ms. Morris. Thank you. Hello, thank you for having me to your committee today. My name is Leah Morris and I am the current chair of the Animal Care Services Citizen Advisory Committee, a mouthful. Um, as you see, uh, there are uh, six members total on the committee and I'd like to acknowledge and thank Denise Bell, Kathleen Garcia, past chair, Cynthia Karsten, Dr. Karsten, veterinarian, vice chair, and Joe Ropestelli, past vice chair, and Paula Treat, our newest member. Uh, our newest member was available to be part of the report when we presented the final draft and was able to vote on approving it, so I'm thankful that she was there. Uh, I've got a PowerPoint, and I want to um, explain that this is a new process, apparently, for the city as well as our committee, so hopefully we'll uh, have followed the process as closely as possible. Uh, the, the report was in your materials, I believe, so obviously uh, details are there, but I've tried to hit some highlights here. Uh, I guess I can make it go forward. So the purpose of this committee, there are many more um, sub-comments, but the ordinance describes that the purpose of this committee is that it is established for the purpose of providing advice and recommendations to the mayor and city council on strategies and policies designed to ensure and enhance animal care services for the city of Sacramento. So we have been working to try to understand how far our breadth is and how narrow our breadth should be. And so we keep coming back to the purpose of the committee to understand what our breadth should and could be. As recent history, to just remind folks, this committee was sort of silent for about three years. Uh, it was sort of in a suspended animation position. There were not enough committee members. And so the committee that sits now was all seated in January of 2022. We spent 2022 actually learning uh, quite a bit about um, administrative rules, open hearings, training on the various handbook materials provided by the city clerk's office, 
learning about shelter operations and the programs. We had a variety of presentations from the shelter manager and shelter staff. We also uh, had a very robust several sessions of public input um, on questions and concerns related to the animal care services shelter. We planned a community participation workshop which was held in 23. And we also did a fair amount of learning about best practices in the world of shelter medicine. Our vice chair, veterinarian, um, Dr. Karsten, comes from the UC Davis shelter medicine program um, and was a wonderful resource on shelter medicine best practices. So moving forward, now we're in 2023, something of a work plan, I guess. Um, we have identified three high topics, so to speak, for the 2023 and 2024 work. The first is an idea around a community call center pilot. You're all familiar, I'm sure, with the 311 system we have here in Sacramento. We learned that there are about 45,000 calls to the 311 um, service that are animal care related. Turns out that's about 10% of their calls. There's some um, idea of doing more of a specialty call center that would be animal care um, expertise, if you will, in terms of the people answering those calls. Um, we're looking around to see if there's some opportunity for some grant funding through some programs that are out there that relate to animal care services. Preliminary conversation with um, the SPCA. They would be interested in possibly joining together with us to, to sort of do a pilot on some sort of a call center. Uh, we, we had one presentation from the manager of the call center. Um, he was very welcoming of our questions and gave us the data around the call center. So we're looking at that as a, as a pilot that we could start and look for some grant funding for some staffing to do that. The other is a much bigger and um, in many ways in more important bigger lift. The idea either to renovate or relocate the animal shelter. Uh, I know some of you have been down to the shelter and toured the facility. Uh, I know, I believe that some of you have done a ride along with the uh, animal control officer. And if you've been in this shelter, you know that there are some challenges with the physical shelter. The building is dated, providing cleanliness care for the animals is difficult because some of the, the access to the building sites are challenging. Uh, there are animals that are kept for legal hold that are actually in kind of stressful settings. They're, they're in a chain link area. Uh, they have to be held for a period of time to continue the legal investigation. It's very difficult. It's difficult on the staff. Um, there are challenges in the medical clinic. I've myself learned to be a volunteer in the medical clinic. Just because of the way the clinic is set up, you can only have one animal almost at a time to get spay and neutered. And if our big challenge, our big requirement of a shelter is spay and neuter, to only have one door to bring an animal in and animal out, let alone having to call staff to lift a 50, 60 pound dog, there are no lift. I come from human healthcare. We have gurneys, we have lift devices, we have things to help. I've watched the, the staff at the shelter have to call and wait for a person to come and lift a 50 pound dog that's hard on the staff to do that, let alone unsafe for people. So hopefully we can look at what I am calling renovate, relocate about our animal shelter. The third item uh, is uh, uh, something we understand has been directed from this committee chair for us to kind of look at our committee charter, our scope, our purpose, uh, what are our uh, activities around working groups, et cetera. So we intend to come back in a year with some ideas a little bit more formalized around the the committee scope and purpose. I added another page about some just special notes about challenges ahead for animal care services in Sacramento. 
we've heard of quite a bit, and I believe you all have as well, from community advocates who are frustrated about animal care services, uh, operations limitations. And we, we do our best to be um, a place for them to share their concerns and for us to share it with the, um, the team at, this, at the shelter. I think many of those concerns are much bigger than the shelter, but we do our best to hear those concerns and share them forward. Another very big challenge that's going on is the issue about veterinary recruitment. Now that I've been on this committee, I've been paying a lot more attention to national news about veterinary challenges in other shelters across the country, whether it's Phoenix or New York City or Santa Fe. Uh, veterinarian shortage is a huge challenge and the salary seems to be a problem in terms of recruiting. It's my understanding that a salary survey is being conducted by the city but due to some other challenges, it's moving very slowly. I heard in the prior meeting that things move slowly in city government. I understand that, but I just would like to ask if there's any way to nudge that forward. Uh, we'd appreciate it because uh, there are three full-time veterinary positions. Only one is filled, and candidates have been looking away when they see the salary. And the big problem that everyone here is very familiar with, the 10,000 or so people, homeless people, and the, in the reality, or people experiencing homelessness, and the reality that many of them come with animals as well. And, and sadly, those animals deal with exposure, they deal with hunger, and some deal with animal abuse. Those, those concerns come to our committee as well. Um, I wanna highlight the outreach team, the, the, the HOPE team, Shelter Homeless Outreach Assistance Program. We did not create that. That is not our committee's work, but they have been highlighted in a few other articles for the city, and they just do seem to make a huge difference, but they're very small and challenged with the reality of the work ahead of them. I want to just fin finish with saying that animal care services in Sacramento are deeply challenged. Uh, the shelter staff are overall very caring, creative, and committed to the animal welfare. This committee appreciates your support as we work to ensure and enhance animal care services for the city of Sacramento. We have released an RFP for a needs assessment for a new shelter. It went out on uh, the 8th of September. Uh, I don't think it was included in your packet, but we're very excited. Thank you for your part and to the staff's part for making this RFP happen. We think this is a big lift and we know that the city council will need to be along the way with us to look at renovation, relocation. Thank you. Thank you, Chair Morris. Uh, comments, Councilmember Valenzuela. Thank you so much for your work. I'm proud to have French Street Animal Shelter in my district, but um, also can't lie about the condition of those buildings and even just the noise of being under a major freeway interchange. And um, and yeah, you see the chain link. And when I went to tour Bradshaw, it was like a noticeable, I'm like, wow, they've got like plexi and little walls and like it's indoors and it's just a very different setting. And you could see how that would stress. Like I shudder to think that my dogs get out one day and end up there even for a night, you know, it's just, that would be traumatic. So really um, reluctantly agreeing that obviously it might be a new space. I mean, we're pretty bound in by freeways and roadways and other buildings, so it's not like there's a ton of space to expand someplace new, but, you know, would love to make sure that as we're looking at facility needs and assessment, if a new space is what's warranted, I just want to make sure the committee thinks about how what we do with that space there and how it could continue to serve animals in some way. Maybe it's like just an intake spot or a spay-neuter clinic or something else that we could do so that that space doesn't um, continue to serve animals because people know that it's there. And I want to thank you for 
the work you did to uncover the trend in 311 calls. 10% is a lot. I mean, when we think about how many things people call 314 dumping and every all the other things, homelessness, I mean, to say that 10% of the calls are animal related is like, so I really appreciate that you're being really thoughtful about trying to intervene in the 311 call system and make sure people are properly trained to try to catch and address most issues before our very strapped animal services team needs to try to go out and just solve an issue in the field. So just want to thank you for your thoughts on that. Looking forward to see where that, where both of these things go. And thank you again for your work. Um, thank you for that. I, I just want to point out that, you know, this is, um, it's not easy. You are correct if we look at a national trend of where it is. I do know that the city in the budget, the city council did authorize an increase in the salary range for uh, getting vets on because I know that's a big thing. We're actually ending up contracting out and paying more than if we had somebody uh, full-time on site and it's more, they get more in the county and other areas. So that is something that the city has looked at. I also went on a ride along with our animal control um, individuals and the amount of work that they do. They do really good work. But I think, you know, one of the things I hope is you guys do good work. We're not perfect. We are fixing things, but continuous communication, I think you can highlight the things that you're doing. We do know that there are individuals in the community who are very concerned, want to see that this is a 100% no kill. You know, I think it's it's a balance on, on best practices, but to the extent that the your committee can talk more about and work with, with Mr. Zimmerman on how do we highlight things, because I like all your stuff on social media about adoptions, but what else? is going on also putting out that an RFP is out because you know I've adopted animals from Bradshaw back when it was not updated versus now that it's updated and I know the city of Sacramento um, deserves to have the same so one of the things um, I think the annual report is great um, but Mr. Zimmerman if you can also make sure because in your annual report it talks about uh, projects priorities and objectives a lot of it is budget related that uh, a proposal is put into our budget committee for also discussion on this so that council can start giving feedback um, for the priority of, of how all of uh, all of this fits in and I think starting that conversation sooner rather than later um, is needed and I don't see any of my other council members so I will make a motion to uh, uh, bring this to the City Council for adoption. Second, Second by uh, Councilmember Valenzuela. All in favor? Aye. Aye. All right. Thank you for taking the time and being here. Thank you. Now moving on to item four. It's reviewing applicants for the Ann Land and Burchell Henschel Memorial Funds Commission. Yeah, this is called what? We're, we're now into our fifth hour of meetings that, you know, <laughs> Not enough coffee in me. Jacob, could you, uh, could you, could you be? I didn't find any meetings about fifth. Apple Watch, they're listening all the time. <laughs> Thank you, Chair. Uh, the seats needing recommendation today are seats D and G. Uh, the, re the requirements for these seats are identical and as follows. Uh, member representing the general public who shall be a resident of the city of Sacramento. Uh, we had two applicants for these seats for review today. Uh, each applicant will have two minutes to answer the questions on the projectors, which will be up there in just a moment. Um, and applicants were notified of the questions prior to today's meeting. Um, our first applicant is Desley Beckman. Good afternoon. I'm Desley Beckman. 
And um, I'm here, I'm really grateful to have the opportunity um, to apply for a commission or board seat um, with the city of Sacramento. I'm a long-term um, resident. I've been here since I was three years old and was educated um, here and have benefited from the great city of Sacramento. Um, currently, um, my, my workload includes working with a lot of nonprofits that provide services um, within the city of Sacramento and county of Sacramento. So I'm very familiar with the Anland Bertha Henschel grant because one of my current clients is a recipient and then I've had former clients that received this grant. So I really felt like I have an opening in my schedule now. I have a little bit freer of a life and I wanted to be able to give back to the city um, and this was a way that I felt like I could do that. We, um, you know, over the last several years, I've had um, the opportunity to sit in positions of CFO, financial manager, and other positions within some of these nonprofits locally. And with that, I've gained a lot of expertise and insight into how grants work. And I really liked the Anland Bertha Henschel grant specifically because it's very targeted. And although the amounts are small, um, the impact is pretty great for these nonprofits that come around, especially those that provide services for homeless individuals and provide that food and support um, that, that, that the grant allows within, you know, within the scope of their grant. So I've just had, um, you know, I have very specific, I also have sat on and helped with um, nine nonprofits over the last 15 years. I've sat on boards and helped them with their formation. And so I have kind of a unique experience as far as what that takes to be on a board. So, but primarily wanted to give back and I felt like this was my opportunity to do so. So thank you for your thank consideration. Thank you, Ms. Mm -hmm. Our next applicant is Madison Hinojosa. Hello, it's always an honor to be here talking to the uh, city council members. I'm a big fan. Um, when I received notice I'd be able to um, apply for this position, I was ecstatic because I know this is such an important sacramental staple, um, both for the um, service that it provides and just historically. And I know some of you have sat on this commission before as well, so um, it's really excited to um, maybe aid in the continued success of the office. I'm a recent graduate with a political, with a bachelor's in political science and a minor in history. And my time at university, um, it also gave me a lot of experience working with nonprofits. Um, I was in a multicultural sorority where we uh, worked with the um, community as well as the university to um, raise and disperse funds um, uh, to multiple nonprofit organizations, I held two executive board positions um, in that in that um, sorority. So uh, I was involved with the communications process with a lot of those. I also have experience working with grants at the University of Nevada Reno. At uh, my time there, I managed to become a full-time classified employee um, with a financial and HR role. And so I worked with a lot of departments to help manage and track their funds and expenses um, with their grants. I currently work for the California State um, Senate Transportation Committee and I track legislation. I write analyses for senators um, 
you know, and lots of other things. Um, my position has provided me kind of a unique opportunity to have a little bit more flexibility in my schedule when we're not in session. And so I can uh, uh, devote a lot of time to this, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I'm just really passionate about Sacramento and helping others, helping the community, and I would really give this 100% of my effort. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity to come up here and talk to you guys. Thank you. Thank you, Madison. Uh, Vice Chair Maple. Um, thank you, Chair. Um, and I just want to say, you know, I always have to give this plug. <laughs> I used to serve on this commission, um, and it's a really great one because um, it's an opportunity to really get to know all the various um, organizations that are doing great work in the city. I think I toured, that's how I got to know a lot of, one of which I ended up later serving on the board of um, and seeing who's doing that real on-the-ground work and then being able to help resource them where needed. So it's a, it's a great, great um, commission. And so um, with that, I think we are we're um, very lucky here that we have two amazingly qualified applicants that both qualify for these two seats. And so, um, I would love to make a motion to appoint both Ms. Beckman and Ms. Hinojosa to the um, commission. I, let's say, um, do I have to say which seats? Yes. Okay. So let's do Ms. Beckman to seat D um, and Ms. Hinojosa to seat G. Um, yes, that'll be my motion. And thank you. And seconded by uh, Councilmember Lelowing, Councilmember Valenzuela. Thank you. Desley, you did work for the SAC Housing Alliance, right? Okay, I thought that was you. I'm like, it's not a common name. Um, well, I have to say, both from my work with Desley, but also knowing Madison's work in the Senate and in the community, just really excited about these two candidates. It's such a cool, cool commission, and I can't wait to see what you all do about it. So happy to support the motion today. All right, there's been a first and second. We're good? All right, congratulations. Welcome to being an appointee for the city. Um, now moving on to item five, it's review of applicants for the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. Jacob. Thank you, Chair. The seats needing recommendation today are seats J and N. Requirements for seat J are the member shall be a representative of a bona fide taxpayer organization. And the requirement for seat N is that the member shall have professional experience with community trauma, mental health, or community-based crime reduction. Reduction. Uh, we have one applicant for seat J and one applicant for seat N. Uh, the applicant for seat N uh, notified our office um, this morning that they would not be present today due to a uh, professional obligation. Uh, so our applicant today is uh, Richard. Welcome, Richard. And this is for seat J. Good afternoon, council members. I'm very interested in devoting my time and energy towards the Measure U Community Advisory Committee. The city becomes what it values, and what it values needs to be invested in. The people of Sacramento knew this, and this is why they proceeded to vote for Measure U. Parks, youth camps, work and mentoring programs, community-driven homeless services, these are the kind of investments that prove time and time again to have a strong impact. CJ is held for representation by a member of a taxpayer organization. When someone thinks of a taxpayer organization member, almost certainly the stereotype tends to be someone who just hates paying taxes. But in truth, uh, what we dislike is not getting a good return on the taxes we pay. We dislike resources that could be used and put to good use, squandered in inefficient systems. Measure U is a way to facilitate public input to ensure that we invest effectively, which brings me to the About Me section why I think I qualify for this position. As a career, I've made my mark as an engineer turned analyst, currently employed at Meta. I work to evaluate companies and project proposals and the merit of potential to return on investment. 
I assist in the due diligence process, allocating tens of millions of dollars annually in the form of investments to partners or acquisitions. Budgeting, finance, project analysis, reports of recommendations, and teamwork, this is where I shine. This skill set, of course, strongly correlates with the needs of the Measure U Advisory Committee. Now, don't let my overemphasis on business and tech scare you away. Although it is my trade, I have a deep passion for, for public service. I'm involved with multiple advocacy groups here in Sacramento. Um, I've, I volunteer my time through multiple organizations. And in fact, just yesterday, I was in next door at Cesar Chavez Plaza doing food distribution and supplies distribution to some of our unhoused citizens. I care deeply about my community, and I believe that public participation is key to a successfully run government. Measure U Community Advisory Committee is a chance for me to represent the people of Sacramento and exercise my skill set in a way that can have a positive impact publicly. And I know it's a little cheesy, but I have to say it, as a soon-to-be dad, I want to see this city be the best city that it can be. Thank you. Thank you so much for being here, Richard. Uh, since we know that Mr. Gill is not here, I'll move to my council members, Council Member Valenzuela. Yeah, I um, actually am sorry that Mr. Gill isn't here because I did have questions about whether his experience really rose to the threshold of professional experience in mental health. Um, and I guess because, you know, when we think of people who work in, like work with young people to try to divert them or do trauma support or a medical person. And it seemed from his application that he wrote some blogs um, for a website about mental health, but that was it. And so I am interested in maybe soliciting additional applications for CN. I do think there's a lot of people in the community who could potentially qualify for that. So I just wanted to put that out there to the clerk's office. I don't know if it's still open or closed or what. It's, it's probably closed, of which we then would have to reopen it. To reopen if okay. there is no motion to fill okay. uh, then, seat, um, seat N. Um, and if any other, any. Well, that's, yeah, I guess my motion would be to appoint um, Richard Georgeoff to seat J and to reopen the solicitation for seat N. And to clarify, um, uh, Ashragani of the uh, staff on the Measure U commission, committee uh, did review these applicants and did uh, specify to our office that he believed that uh, Mr. Gill was qualified for the seat. Okay. Awesome. I would still um, love to reopen. Of course. Thanks. Yeah, and a second by Council Member Lolowi. So just to appoint seat J, um, we have a motion and a second. Do you have a question, Council Member Lolowi? Since we're opening this, um, would would that also give Mr. Gill an opportunity to come and... And, and potentially redo his application to show more qualifications, because it's specifically relating to experienced trauma, mental health, or community-based sure. crime. So maybe that's the feedback that goes to Mr. Gill, is uh, because he wasn't here and we weren't able to ask those questions um, in the application, just to Great. Uh, Thank emphasize you. that. So first and second, members all okay? Aye. Aye. All right, now moving on to action item six, which is a review of applicants for the Sacramento Disabilities Advisory Commission. Jacob. Thank you, Chair. Seats needing recommendation today are seats B and F. Uh, requirements for, for seats B and F are identical and as follows. Uh, a member representative of a disability group, such as physical, sensory, developmental, or mental disability, who has experience with disability issues and knowledge or experience with disability law, such as ADA or Title 24 of the California Code of Regula Regulations. We have four applicants total for today. Our first applicant is Tanisha Hubbard. Does not appear Tanisha is here today. 
Uh, we next have uh, Sachiko Kanatsu. Good afternoon. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to apply for this position. Um, first of all, I'd like to say the reason why I'm interested in this position is because I'm a mother of four, three of which have disabilities. And I myself have experience with disabilities as I suffer from PTSD. So um, I believe that I'm applying for this position because my oldest son with a disability is age 21 and my youngest is nine. So knowing that some of the challenges that my older son is facing right now in the city of Sacramento with mobility, different things like that, I would like to sit on this board because they're a very integral board that gives advice to the city of Sacramento on how they're doing currently. One of the things on their plate is your self-examination. Um, and so I would like to, as a parent, help to ensure that some of the stuff that my older children child is going through, my younger children don't have to go through those same disabilities when they are younger. I am a retired li licensed psychiatric technician. I worked for the Department of Corrections, which I recently retired from. I started out in the state hospitals where I worked with a myriad of disabilities, or I would say abilities people. Um, so I'm quite aware of challenges both hidden disabilities and physical disabilities. Um, I also worked as a liaison between our disabled, I mean our homeless and our mental health facility for the Solano, for the Fairfield, city of Fairfield. And so those go hand in hand. So I have a different perspective and I have a big relationship um, in regards to having a lot of input that could be in this. So I. Thank you for the opportunity to settle, and I've participated in all of your districts, sorry, except for Ms. Kaplan's, in your guys' running in your positions, and I look forward to continuing that relationship with you. Thank you. Thank you. Our next applicant is Greg Lim. Okay. Good afternoon, council members and staff. My name is Greg Lim. Over 40 years ago, I stood before the city council and Mayor Ann Rudin. They wanted to know how the accessibility issues I was running a few blocks over was going to capital was going to impact the city. Why me? I was a legislative, <clears throat> excuse me, advocate for resources for independent living, um, a, a, a center that provides services to the elderly and disabled. Because we were in Sacramento, by default, they gave me the legislative position to do whatever I needed to do across the street. So, why am I interested? Because I want to come back 
40 years, 40 years when I was writing the legislation to today, how has this impacted the city and county and persons with disabilities? So I want to make a full circle. What does that mean? Well, in the early 1980s, I was appointed to various committees, which included Mayor Rudin's Committee for the Employment of the Disabled. I was chair. I was chair of the Transportation Committee for the Sacramento County Board of Supervisors, where my primary role, roles was to make sure the ramps were in compliance, you know, the concrete ramps. So I worked with Mike Wiley, who was just a staff, and now he's running the whole show. I was a gubernatorial appointee twice. I was appointed under Governor Jerry Brown, and he put me on the Governor's Committee for Employment of the Disabled. After I had a run there, my second appointee was Governor George Duke Magian. And I was appointed to the State Council on Developmental Disabilities, where my primary focus represent DD Thank issues. Thank you, Mr. Lim, if you can, can wrap it up, say the last sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> your, your two minutes went All by right. in a breeze. So, bottom line, I helped write the language. ADA was five years after what we were doing as the first city in the world to have curb cuts and blue Thank paint you so, much. so I'd like to come back and see what I can do. Appreciate you being here. Thank yes. you. Our final applicant, our final applicant today is Babalawo Oba Shambe. And it does not appear they are in attendance today. I have no more applicants. Vice Chair Maple. All right. Thank you, Chair. Um, and thank you to everyone who came here um, to, to give their presentations. It's not easy coming up. It's great to see you again, sir, as well. Um, just seeing your, your qualifications is really, really impressive. And so um, uh, I, I think as I just always want to preface this with it's really hard when you have so many qualified applicants and you have people who, uh, many of which who uh, were not able to make it today but are, are really qualified in their own right and um, and I, I think would do a great job on this on this commission. And so um, with that, I, I do want wish to uh, make a motion to appoint Mr. Lim to seat. Let me make sure I get the right seat here. Um, so seat B. And then I know um, I know she was unable unable to make it, but I was really impressed with with Tanisha Hubbard's application. And also, I think it's really important that we have representation from around the city. I know District Eight is a district that struggles to get applicants on, on many different um, boards and commissions. And so, I'd like to include in my motion to include Ms. Hubbard as in seat F. Thank you. I will second that motion. Uh, seeing, oh, Chair Valenzuela or Councilmember Valenzuela. Yeah, I just um, want to express, gosh, every every meeting I find that moment where I'm like, this is a heartbreaker one again. Um, Ms. Chico, your advocacy is really amazing and your experience with your children is incredible. And uh, Babalawo, Babalawo, sorry, I don't want to say their name incorrectly. As a disabled veteran who's multilingual, I was like... <laughs> How on earth are we going to make this decision? But I'm happy to support the motion with the encouragement that folks um, either reach out to your council members to get more involved or, you know, somehow find a way to plug into another committee because this is, yeah, another really just above par group of folks. And, um, yeah. Always a little heartbroken, happy and heartbroken at the same time. <laughs> yeah, thank you. And I also just want to add on to that that, you know, there's at least two people here today that, you know, had 
come for a previous appointment, did mm -hmm. not receive that appointment, and then came back and received another appointment. And mm -hmm. so um, I think that's really salient, Councilmember Valenzuela. Like you, the, the door is always open. We want you to come back. We want to continue to, to participate and, and be a part of the, the process. I have a motion and a second. All in favor, aye. 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 Thank you so much, members. We're now moving on to um, item seven. Can you take one and pass it down? This is uh, a little bit of a hybrid um, item as uh, it is both taking a resolution that was passed by the Sacramento City Council uh, in December 2022, a week before Council Members Maple, myself, and Talamantes uh, were sworn into office. That was to consideration of uh, the creation of a youth advisory liaison to City Council. Council Member Talamantes and I have submitted a proposal to amend uh, that resolution instead of it being one seat to then look at moving to 14 seats of adding a dedicated youth seat on every single one of our boards and commissions. Um, specifically, uh, you know, my concerns and Talamante's concerns that when we discussed this and brought it forward, um, members, we sit here. Uh, I'm a mom. I would not want my 16 to 22-year-old to sit on the dais and listen to the hate, anti-Semitism, and others, more, more so, you know, our teenagers, it's a lot to be in school, and it's a lot to be part of council, and the law does say anybody who is 18 years and older can run for city council, and I think when we're looking at um, equity, how do we increase the youth voice? Because it really is how do we increase and get more youth involved, but as well providing a pipeline for more youth to be involved. Um, and this was started under Council Member Jay Chenier. We currently have four dedicated youth seats on several of our boards and commissions. Uh, what Council Member Talamantes and I are proposal uh, is to make uh, the rest of the 10 seats open with a dedicated youth position because um, in our new process, we are empowering our boards and commissions so that they can have more say. And I think having a dedicated youth seat on our boards and commissions um, really uh, hit the core of when we're talking about diversity, equity, and inclusion. It's a lot of pressure for one voice to be on city council. And I think we need to look at having a youth dedicated youth seat that is supported um, through the Sacramento Youth Commission, there is already a process, which I think uh, uh, in alignment, we would see if youth positions are created on boards that they have a certain amount of, of support, same as the Sacramento Youth Commission. Because also, one youth doesn't represent all voices. Just as we talk about equity, 14 voices, we're gonna get a wide breadth of uh, demographics, race, socioeconomic. Uh, we're not just looking for that shining star of one, one student, because our students all are not alike. Each and every single one of them is different. So what you see here, uh, specifically uh, the proposal, as well as several letters of support for what uh, Council Member Talamantes and I have done, is, is addressing some of the same issues that were requested to come to PP&E for our consideration, so that we would say uh, youth seat 
on each of our boards and commissions, just double checking, because I know Preservation Commission has like certain specifics, but I honestly think looking at the requirements, there would be a college student who uh, would make, uh, would qualify to, to serve in that. But it would be a youth seat, um, is open 16 to 22 year olds. Uh, they must be appointed by their 22nd birthday so they can serve the two years. So, you know, after they do their two years at 24, um, they, could no, they could then apply to be a regular member um, on any board and commission. Each youth seat would serve one two-year term um, because if you look at those who are in college, those who are in high school, um, even our youth commission, it's hard to get them to serve uh, beyond two years. I've looked at it. It, it is rare to see anybody serve beyond two years. Um, they, each commissioner would receive a stipend in alignment with the board or commission that they serve on. The youth seat will work with the youth development team in YPSI for training and support, um, which is already set up you know, through our youth commission. Um, the removal process will be the same as we have currently set up for boards and commissions. The applicant and appointment process would be the same that is already uh, set up for all of our boards and commissions. Um, and then the one thing uh, I would look that, you know, um, I'm probably staff would come back on how, what is the process for each youth seat to collaborate, present, or send reports to the youth commission so that we already have a designated youth, but that there is a liaison that they work with uh, the youth commission so that there is more collaboration. Um, and the timeline for uh, appointment, uh, if council decides to uh, move this forward, is we would add a seat to all the boards and commissions. Um, easy ones are active transportation, animal and land, disabilities, utility rate, Aggie Square and Stadium Area Public Financing Authority. And then I would just want legal counsel to make sure we're not hitting into any roadblocks. I think we can make it happen. But with our ethics, um, our planning and design commission and our preservation, um, committee. And then also what Talamantes and I thought was very timing and worthwhile is we had our youth commission present to this, uh, present to this body. And one of the things they asked for was to be the official youth voice uh, for Sacramento. And I like uh, in our proposal, we are make, uh, proposing to make the Sacramento Youth Commission as the official youth voice uh, for the city of Sacramento. And number two thing that they asked for was that youth had a dedicated seat on the Aggie Square Public Financing Board. So in this, we are also adopting two out of the four uh, missions that the Sacramento Youth Commission uh, presented to us in wanting to uh, move forward with. So that is the proposal that um, Council Member Telemontes and I uh, are presenting before you. Uh, Council Member Valenzuela. Thank you, thank you for taking time to outline the proposal. Um, I also have some more details since I know part of this agenda item was to discuss potential implementation. So um, I had taken the liberty of consulting with some of the advocates and young people who were involved in advocating for this position to see what they thought a reasonable timeline and process would be. I will first start by noting that I don't think anybody objects to adding more youth to the commissions. And in fact, when I talked to some of the folks 
folks who were involved in the previous motion to add youth to the four commissions, they actually thought that adding to the rest of the commissions was already a part of the work plan, that the first phase was the first four, and then eventually we would move on to the other, and so that was a question that they posed to the clerk was if whether or not that was still on her work plan or if it required further council consideration because that was the discussion at the time. Um, I will briefly review, and because there are some key changes in this um, based on the concerns that have been expressed during council meetings. I talked extensively to the folks involved in this, including the chair of the Youth um, Commission, and what they have proposed in terms of a compromise is to limit the youth seat to be someone who is 16 or 17 years old at the time of appointment to address the concerns that folks over the age of 18 could run for office and could potentially be elected to serve on the dais. And the second idea that was posed was that this be a one-year term to coincide with the school year, that it would begin during our summer recess, give them time to get up to speed, and then end shortly before summer recess, um, and that the next young person could come through. Um, so in this, you have a lot of detail, similar to what the Mayor Pro Tem provided in the documentation to this committee. But um, I will just say one thing, that when um, young people say uh, that they want to be the youth voice, I think what they are communicating to us is the basic tenet of nothing about us without us. And what I think would be premature for this council to do would be to say that we are honoring youth voice without giving youth a voice in the very decision that we are trying to implement to honor their voice. So one thing that I would like to do, regardless of the motion here today, is to request that the clerk agendize this at the October Youth Commission meeting so that they can give us direct input on which options they would like to see the council move forward with before we move forward with it. This is a direct ask that I have from the chair of the Youth Commission, um, who unfortunately missed the opportunity because they didn't know this was coming up this quickly to agendize it themselves and is asking us to make a part of our motion to ask the clerk to agendize this in October and to take up this item at council after that time so that they actually have a chance to weigh in on what they think is realistic and what they don't. I will also say that I appreciate the concern about wellness, and one of the provisions we've put in here that we wanted to be um, really develop a little further is at the top of page two, um, and it begins a session that says, if at any time during a council meeting the appointee feels unsafe or that they're being harassed by members of the public, um, and what we're trying to do is create a protocol um, that this young person could follow to alert or to otherwise remove themselves from the situation that would be generally accepted, and it could be further built out. Um, you know, it could be something that we you know incorporate into our rules in some way that gives them a mechanism not to feel like they need to get on a microphone or publicly declare something but that the presiding officer and the clerk as our decorum officer would be in charge of ensuring that that young person had any necessary accommodations if they felt like they were unsafe um, and that that would be their responsibility and as you can see it's high level at this point this was the initial brainstorm with some of the youth leaders but I think that we could develop this to be a little bit more thorough of a protocol to ensure that if at any point they felt uncomfortable they there was a clear set of steps that were taken to ensure their comfort was achieved. So um, my request um, would be that we uh, delay further action on this today until we have the Youth Commission here, this item in the, their October meeting, and that we bring this back to PMPE with the Youth Commission's feedback and really let them speak for themselves in terms of what they'd like to see this um, committee move forward with. So that would be my motion, Chair. Thank you, Councilmember Valenzuela. Councilmember Lulowi. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Madam Chair. <laughs> so, um, I, I do agree with uh, with you, Chair. Um, I was one of the individuals that voted for this, so guilty as charged. But I think um, with what I'm seeing as far as the, the decorum of our council goes um, in the past, actually this year, 
Um, I question whether that seed is the most logical way to encourage our youth to become more involved in our city activity. Um, I, I believe that um, our youth council, they're, they're very active. Um, but also, uh, to get to a certain level, I also believe that you have to pay your dues. And, um, you know, when it comes to a, a 16, a 14 to a 16-year-old, there's a lot of things that we have to take into consideration. You know, if depending on what item is on the agenda, we've seen our council going to about 11 or midnight, then that, that's going to create a problem. Um, as far as, you know, the proposal of if it gets too heated, then we can, you know, if they want to leave, they can. Um, again, it doesn't sit too well with me because we can't play the, the, uh, the role of a parent to say, hey, it's about to get rated or you're 14, let's change the channel. Uh, 16 and 17. Um, still, I think we, we've seen some of the actions that come through here. Um, I am for uh, creating positions within all the commissions. Um, but to, to get behind this, um, I, I do believe that you have to get a little bit more experience. And you really have to understand what life is. And... Um, I know there's some 16 and 17-year-olds out there that are absolutely amazing, but still they're in that development uh, um, aspects of really understanding how this world operates. And uh, so I, I'll, I'll second. Um, if I make a motion on my proposal as I presented it. Is that, do you have a motion out there? Motion on Councilmember Kaplan and Talamante's So proposal. Uh, I'll, I'll second your motion, um, Chair. Thank you, Council Member Lalowy. Um, so, uh, so there was a, so, so, nobody second Council Member Valenzuela's. Um, so motion by Kaplan, second by Lalowy. And, and Council Member uh, Valenzuela, I hear you and I hear your concerns. Um, I am opposed uh, just to a youth seat on city council. Um, I am supportive always of uh, youth seats on school board that deal with uh, children, education, 24-7. I am supportive of the youth voice, but who says uh, we shouldn't have seniors or somebody who is designated from each of our uh, areas of ethnicity, of somebody who's African-American or Latino or, or Native American or somebody from our disabilities committee? What makes, how do we balance that? And more importantly, um, we, we, each of us, took the choice to become elected um, and, and sit here on this dais. I do want to provide that pathway for youth, but I am not supportive of, of youth sitting on this dais, and that was the request by Councilmember Talamantes and I to amend the resolution and implement youth advisory to the city council via our boards and commissions while making um, the Sacramento Youth Commission as the official youth voice um, in, in that regard. Um, Vice Chair Maple. Oh, didn't oh. want to cut you off. Nope, that's okay. Yeah, and I'm trying to punch up again, but I'm still oh, pinched up. Oh, so. oh, do you want to? <laughs> nope, here we first? go. Well, I guess I just want to, oh, 
clarify my motion is not to just move forward with the youth advisory liaison seat right now. It's to defer action until the youth commission can weigh in on this idea. I think if we say we value youth voice, then we should give them a voice in this decision um, and then consider that before we decide to take action as adults. So that's that's my motion. And I hear you 100% and I just happen to disagree that I do respect the youth voice, but the not the only action to say we respect them is that it goes back to the youth commission. I have talked to the chair. Uh, they knew this item was coming and has been discussed several times and many opportunities um, to do this. Plus, they were given feedback that was given to this committee. Uh, they are advisory. We did take it into consideration. So I just want to make it clear while we disagree, it is not me disrespecting the youth, and I would like to move this forward for council consideration. Um, that was part of the motion that I made. Uh, Vice Chair Maple. Thank you. Um, thank you, Chair. So um, I've struggled with this. Um, I've struggled with it since before um, taking office. I think as some of us, the, some of us newer members did. Um, this is something, something that had happened, you know, a week before we, we took office. And I would have, you know, really liked to have had an opportunity to weigh in um, and did ask for that and wasn't able to do so. And so that's a challenge for me because, um, as as you said, Chair, as Councilmember Lowy said, um, it is it's can be very traumatic sitting up here. Um, and hearing, especially in the last few weeks, what we've heard. Um, we have, you know, anti-Semitic people calling in. We have people that are calling in and saying horrible racist slurs. Um, we've had incidents in council where it has gotten violent, um, or, and it's been, and that's, that's, that's difficult for me as an adult at times to, to deal with. And one of the things that's kind of un, unsaid or that I haven't heard said is there's also a difference of being up here when, when things are directed at you instead of being sitting in the crowd or listening in. And, and that can feel very difficult at times. Um, and I just, I really struggle with whether or not that's an appropriate place um, for a 16-year-old or 17-year-old personally. Um, I've made those views known um, throughout. And so I really like this idea that we can still get this representation. In fact, we can get more. We can have 14, up to 14 different positions where we're getting that perspective on a variety of issues too, right? We talk about all, all kinds of issues here on the, on the council, but oftentimes a lot of it is done on consent, right? And a lot of that work is done in at the commission level. And so I think it gives even more of an opportunity not only to engage in government, to be heard, to make your voice a part of that process, but also to engage really deeply on policy issues in a way that we don't always get to do up here, right? You know, we do on our various committees that we sit on or, you know, in our, in our personal policy work, but um, sometimes when we're up here, we're not really engaging in, in deep policy work as much as I, as I would like. And so um, I, with that, I will, um, I will be supporting your, your motion, um, Council, uh, Chair Kaplan. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Jacob, are there any public comments on this? I have failed to ask that. Uh, for the record, we didn't have any public comments on any prior item, and we do not have public comments on this item as well. Okay. I would like to call the roll. One follow-up question of the clerk just before this comes to council to confirm whether or not that was part of the prior direction of the council on expanding to the 14. So just a follow-up item for the clerk. Okay. Bring this back. Councilmember Lalowy? Aye. Councilmember Maple? Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela? No. And Chair Kaplan? Aye. Motion is approved 3 1 uh, to move forward to that next step. Thank you. I know this wasn't an easy uh, discussion in that regard. 
Um, moving on to, and, and by the way, thank you everyone. We have moved a lot of stuff in a short amount of time um, where we might even get a couple of minutes before um, closed session. So thank you for that. Um, moving to the nominations for the Natomas Basin Conservancy Board of Directors. I asked for, this had already started, and I asked for a delay of clarification um, because one of the nominees, former Mayor Heather Fargo, is extremely active in many, many groups and advocacy to make sure that there was um, no conflict. Um, thankful to the uh, city attorneys for getting us back so quickly um, that there was no financial um, conflict. But one of the things that I think we as when we look at we talk about ethics and our jobs as council members is also perceived conflicts and also common law uh, conflicts that look at um, advocacy and where there's a perception of conflict. I want our former mayor to continue to be the advocate she is, um, and she is heavily involved with ECOS and numerous other environmental organizations in Sacramento. The Natomas Basin Habit, uh, Conservancy Board of Directors is, for the most part, in my district with a little bit in Councilmember Talamantes, and it is incumbent upon us that if I have knowledge, especially when we're looking at uh, developments, and our job as a council is to remain impartial, uh, I cannot uh, stand behind knowingly appoint somebody who is advocating against and already talking to community members in opposition of developments and proposals that are coming in my district. I think it puts me at odds of knowingly appointing somebody to a position who uh, kind of indicates where I might be biased. And that's not that's something that I, uh, I support. So while there was a first and second, I would like to provide an alternative motion for seat A to be filled by Stephen Thomas Johns, uh, who's an attorney, works for SMUD, and has um, that, uh, that background. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yeah, I would. Um I still support the um, the original motion. I think that part of the case behind the motion was that the former city manager who's served on this commission for a long time is, is leaving, John Shirey, um, and that we needed someone with that deep institutional knowledge to fill that seat. Um, I think we all would be lying if we said we didn't have our own biases or beliefs or values, um, and so I don't think that prejudging someone's values is necessarily a bad thing. You know, I think that we could say that Heather Fargo clearly has strong beliefs and still say that she's probably the most qualified to serve on the board. So I wouldn't support that motion and um, would instead, uh, you know, support the original motion as proposed. So we have an original motion and an alternate. Um, we take a vote on the alternate motion uh, first. So Jacob, can you call the roll? on the alternate motion would be seat A filled by Stephen Tom Thomas Johns. Thank you, Chair. Councilmember Lalowy? Aye. Councilmember Maple? Um, I'm gonna abstain from this. Councilmember Valenzuela? No. And Chair Kaplan? Aye. Motion is, um, 211 city attorney what happens with the 211 okay then we'll now go to the original motion um, which was to appoint heather fargo 
Jacob, can you call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Councilmember Lilloey? No. Councilmember Maple? Um, and I just want to say, I, I, as a, as I reflected on this, and I just really think it's important that as long as there's not a legal barrier, so maybe this is a question for Susanna, there's no, there's no legal barrier to former um, Mayor Heather Fargo serving. There's not. Right. Um, okay, then I'm, I'm an aye. Can you repeat your vote? Aye. Aye. Sorry, I just needed some clarification. <laughs> Councilmember Valenzuela? Yes. And Chair Kaplan. No, so that again fails to two. Okay. So uh, since we have, we have uh, uh, the both motions die. Um, this is if there is no reconsideration as for something that is in my district, um, then I will declare this seat vacant and ask the clerk to reopen it. Is it possible to make a motion for another applicant? That, that's what I just did. Okay. But no, I would. I'm calling this. Uh, dead. We've had two, two, two. Um, I am. I am asking that we open up the pool of applicants again for for seat A. Oh, is that a motion? That's a motion. Okay. I don't even think we need a motion because this this is. I mean, this item has has died. It's vacant. So we'll I mean, just reopen reopen the seat for applications again. I mean, I was going to move to appoint Ray Trethaway, but it sounds like that might not be the will of the committee. So, no, that might probably be a two two as well. All right, then. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I'll move uh, to appoint Ray Trethaway. I mean, that's, I mean, in proper order of the committee. And I think he, if we aren't in agreement about Mayor Fargo, then Ray, with his experience on the Sack Tree Foundation and living in Atomas, would be a great second pick. I'll, I'll second Motion and a second. Councilmember Lilloey? Yeah, I just, um, you know, obviously I have, I have deep respect for. Mayor Fargo and whoever is on this list. <laughs> but I think we also need to take a few things into consideration. That, you know, can this, first of all, it's not, you know, pretty much it's not my district, Chair, it's your district, so um, I, I gotta respect that. Uh, second would be, um, I, I, when we're talking about these um, boards, I think it's also very important that individuals that we, we select, they're 100% uh, neutral and look at facts and what's really the best for city of Sacramento and the resident of city of Sacramento. Um, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little bit concerned when for some of these boards or commissions, we, you know, if we're going towards individuals that are very passionate about a cause, are the right decisions that are going to be made where we can move our city towards a, a positive and clear direction. Um, so I just want to share that with my colleagues. Um, again, um, um, I have nothing but respect for Mayor uh, Heather Fargo. Um, I've, I've, we, we've met numerous occasions. I've, in fact, called her for advice on, on some of the things. But I just want to make sure that we take, take that into consideration that these seats have to be with, you know, filled with individuals that are really looking at a bigger picture than their own um, personal cause that they're fighting, which I, again, I respect cold heartedly. So that, that's all, that, that's a, uh, the comment Vice I want to make. Thank you. 
I think that's a, that's a good point, Councilman Lahoy, but I would just say that um, my, my personal take is by the nature of many of these um, commissions and these seats, we're actually, there's um, self-selecting people who are passionate, right? We are self-selecting people who are passionate about animal care, about planning, right, and historic preservation. Like if you go talk to any of our commission members on the Historic Preservation Commission, they'll tell you, they'll have a lot of strong feelings about a lot of different properties, for example, um, but they also take their position seriously, right? And so they, they, don't, they don't walk in with prejudice or bias, just like all of us, right? Like, um, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that I don't have my own personal views on things. I'm very opinionated, but when I walk into a quasi-judicial hearing on something, I take that hat off and I listen to everything before me and I make a decision based on that. And, and I know that, um, and you know, just to, obviously this motion's already been voted down, but on, on the point of um, Mayor Fargo, that's something that she's had to do often throughout her career. And um, I've, I've seen her do that. Uh, and I know that she's capable of it. And so that's just one point. And, um, I, and you know, to, we're, we are not unbiased beings and neither are any of our commissioners. And so I don't think that that's necessarily the bar that we should be seeking for. Um, and that's just my personal opinion. So I wanted to put Councilmember Valenzuela. Yeah, and I think um, it's a new standard that we're talking about here that we haven't held any other appointee on any other commission to. And I will say along the line of this particular commission with the request for Steve Johns, who I do really like as a person. I think he would do a great job, but he works for SMUD. SMUD's a property owner um, in parts of the city and in District 1. So it's, I think that no matter which way you cut it, people have different levels, and we have the clear conflict of interest definition of financial because like it's impossible for me to say you don't believe what you believe I actually think we do a great disservice when people come into a room and pretend that they don't believe what they believe but I mean we appointed people to planning commission who work for architecture firms who work for developers we've planned people as, as Ms. Um, Councilman Vice Chair Maple just said who are passionate and active and do professional work on historical preservation to the preservation commission so like it's one of those things to not appoint people because they have strong beliefs would be in my mind a dangerous and slippery slope because we want people these are following volunteer positions, they have to be passionate about the issue to even step forward and say, hey, I'm interested in spending an inordinate amount of my volunteer time doing this. So um, I would just say that I hope that um, folks will consider Ray Trethaway. He was also a former colleague on this dais, um, also has many years of doing important work with the city. The city has given funding to his organization. He is helping implement right now the Hanami line um, in my district. I mean, he's a longtime person who I think would have great experience if the committee isn't satisfied with Mayor Fargo's experience. So that urge support of the so motion. So we have a first and second on that motion. Jacob, can you call the roll? Thank you, Chair. Councilmember Lolowi. Yeah. Councilmember Maple. Aye. Councilmember Valenzuela. Yes. And Chair Kaplan. No. Again, that motion 2-2, uh, we don't appoint somebody, so my advice is that we uh, ask the clerk to reopen that seat. And are there any uh, public comments for items not on the agenda? No, Chair, we do not. All right, with that being it, at 3.46, I will call this meeting adjourned. Thank you, everyone.